And, and, and out of nowhere, Rupert Friend's character goes, <laughs> and literally is punched across the street, like, like a scene from The far. Matrix, right? <laughs> a scene from The Matrix. And it's like the director. Yeah. Just on a point about over, over emphasizing something. Mm. Can, I, can I break away on a tangent? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I watched, I was with some people, you know, and, and it was that classic thing when you're with several people and it's mm. like, what should we watch? And I always take the decision to remove myself from any making any decision in that instance because it's clear that I know the people in the room and I will not want to watch, and we, I will not want to watch what they want to watch and they will not want to watch what I want to watch. Oh. So I just, I basically check out and I go, put on whatever and I'll watch it, okay? Uh, so, so you're so, like burdened with with knowledge of all these films. Right, so I just sort of like, take 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 the film hat off, it's all right, I'll just watch whatever because it's yeah. only going to be on for an hour. They showed me the season two finale of Bridgerton, I have no thoughts on it. Okay. Um, and they also watched, um, we also watched, I was in the room, uh, the first episode. You were watching them watching it. Oh, <laughs> first simple to no, no, I do no. I do go into things with an open mind. So we watched the yeah. first episode of a series called Anatomy of a Scandal. Oh, say <laughs> All right. Oh my God. Okay. Okay. Right. And as we have a scandal, is this new show on Netflix, which is over-directed to the point of insanity. Okay. Every single dramatic moment in Anatomy of a Scandal is flagged up to the audience. Just so you know, in case case something happens, you aren't aware, slow-mo, you know, uh, tight close-up. Nostalgic memories of a happy time at the beach with the family. Like, it, it's, so it, it, it's about this politician who gets embroiled in a scandal and it's, it follows his, his, Sorry, his wife and his, um, you know, his, his, the barrister and the wife finds out and she's like riddled with guilt. Not riddled with guilt, sorry. She's riddled with, um, you know, confusion, confusion and rage. And she like, you know, smashes into the kitchen, pushes the two doors open. It's all in slow motion. And then she goes to the sink and she throws up. She looks at the yeah. picture of a happy time and it goes to a flashback. But all it's happy on the so beach. like filmmaking, so one, storytelling. One there is one. a bit at the end of the episode, right, where the politician is. This is in the trailer. I think I'm gonna say he's informed that the scandal is now being a police investigation, and the woman, the woman, female police officer says. It's it's an accusation of rape, and 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 out of nowhere, Rupert Friend's character goes <laughs> and literally is punched across the street, like like I a scene from the Matrix, far. right? A scene from the Matrix, and it's like the director said, right? What happens in this bit? He hearing that news, you know what that is? That's a gut punch. We need to we need to deliver that gut punch. gut punch. No, I think I could do it through acting. No, Rupert, we're going to have you literally <laughs> gut punched across the street. I burst out laughing. I could not believe that was the way of ending this show. I haven't watched any more episodes. I didn't make it that far because <laughs> my main thought was people don't talk like this. Yes. <laughs> Who wrote this? No one interacts this way. I don't speak to my sibling like this. I don't speak to my partner like this. Yeah. And I was wondering, like, was this written by an American? Yes. Because is this this is like what we think like oh gritty. Uh, yeah. UK politics, Parliament, barristers, it's all just very like, fuck shit bollocks. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm oh, fucking God, tired. I'm going to bed. Darling, would you like a margarita pizza yeah. or a pepperoni? Okay, yeah. we'll have that one. It, it, I, I was like, this is not people. These are not people making but, this. But you know, you know what this is? This is Netflix giving a go at the Friday night ITV yes. uh, English drama. I mean, that's their version of it. All I can say is even. Channel Five wouldn't show this kind of stuff. Oh. It would. It would. Channel Five would go. It's a bit over the top. Looks very slick. Looks as, as, too slick. as professional. Yeah, yeah. It's too slick. It's 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 bit like a little bit cinematic. Too much. James, um, like the politicians, it attempts to skewer. It is all starred and no substance. I love that we both like kind of ended up watching that I know. and just. 
Look, it's not. It'll be. It'll be really popular though. I, I just want to say we don't really relish taking things apart. No, and I don't want to be like a and snob. I, yeah, and but, I did sit there and I watched the whole. Unlike your, I did watch the whole episode and I did sit there thinking, okay. I'm not enjoying this, but why? Why, why, why? What is not working for me here? And it's just it's just over-directed. It's, mm. it's not allowing the audience to um, engage with it thoughtfully, yes. to, to, to go, oh, I understand what's happened there because it's being spoon-fed the whole time going, this is a dramatic moment. Yeah. This is really serious. Are you listening? Whoa, did you see that? Well, and it's just boring. It's like Transformers. Boring. Like, look here, now look here now. Yes. Now look here, and then we're going to see this. Now look over here, yes. here, cut, cut, cut. Jesus Christ. Just a quick one. This episode of Pulp Kitchen is brought to you by Noggin HQ. Noggin HQ is a hot new credit referencing agency for Gen Z and millennials. They are revolutionizing the way that credit scoring is done by making it cheaper, simpler, and easier. If you're interested, you're under 30, and you want to start building a better credit score, follow at Noggin HQ now on all social media platforms. Back to the show. So a couple of weeks ago, we talked about uh, great movie endings. Mm, bad we did. Movie endings. Got some correspondence here. Thanks Go check out that episode. Don't forget, guys, if you have anything to say, send it to hello at pulpkitchenpodcast.com mm-hmm. or DM us on Instagram and TikTok. Mm-hmm. So this is again from Dan and Sirencester. Dan, what up, About Dan? the best endings. He's proffered Inception. Seven, oh, yeah. which we, Seven, we, we did talk actually talk about, but briefly. we actually cut from the episode. I think we did, yeah. We didn't have a lot to say about it, but yes, great ending. Mm-hmm. Um, What's in the book? Infinity War, which he says he watched at a midnight release screening at an nice. IMAX, and the entire cinema sat in complete silence for over five minutes as the credits It was, rolled. it was a real... Yeah, but I, oh, really? I just sat there and was just like, yeah, but they're coming back, aren't they? <laughs> like, we, we know part two's coming out next You'll year. Who's taking this seriously? <laughs> I knew they would come back, but I was still... I think the way it let, let that... It was like a good two, three minutes of characters disappearing. And yeah, I, I was pretty like, ooh, this is... Uh, mm-hmm. this is good. And they, they, they killed the score. All you could hear was like yes. sound of the wind <sighs> and things. Uh, and I think yeah, I remember seeing this in the special features. They had put the sounds of like birds and bees and nature and like, cause actually half the animals had uh, disappeared as well. And they like took out a load of that sound uh, as well, which was quite good. Okay. Yeah. Um, cause then when they come back in the end game, they pump up the birds and the bees. And the, do you remember when Paul Rudd like goes to the conservatory yes. and he's like, yeah, yeah. Sort of interpreting mm-hmm. what interpreting what they said. <laughs> it's like I was there. In the um, scene. Worst ending he has said is Joker. Controversially, for him, the mm. film had so much to say about mental health, some good and some bad, but ultimately that society had failed those with mental health issues and had therefore ostracized them, and therefore all their actions were driven by. Uh, this and he ended up killing those who had wronged him but then at the end it's inferred that he randomly kills the psychiatrist which completely undoes the message and just makes him a mindless killer look I don't want to get into a discussion about Joker because we will be here all day but we that is just also, his opinion if, well, a few months ago we did an episode where we talked about you know the potential Joker 2 sequel right. we went like deep into why that film is loved and how not we should end yeah. and how like sometimes the ways in which this this film is interpreted by lots of different people is in a lot of ways at least to me why i think the film is 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 more interesting than i think some people give it credit for some um, people like me yeah well, uh, yeah like some people find like certain decisions like that really irritating and some people think it's it's genius and whether or not the director had the intention to do that go check out that episode if you just yes. type in pop kitchen one of the early two. days one of the very early days yeah food yeah <laughs> do you remember that <laughs> yeah um you had something didn't you yes of course yes um do you remember a few weeks ago you talked about you ranked your seasons of the office 
Yes. And you ranked them. Um, Charlie from London said, uh, listen to the office ranking. Uh, he made a compelling argument. Um, I think you should watch, but with your partner. My additional observation is that the office is only really enjoyable with someone you love because it forces you to engage it actively. And it's just one of those shows you want to laugh to together. And maybe because I'd said I'd watched it alone. Yes. Right. And I wonder if it is one of those things that like having that shared laughter yeah. or something is what brings it together. I think he's completely right because I did do that. That's she, Charlie. I think she's completely right. Um, that's what I did do and I rewatched it on the, mm. the fourth time. Um, and yeah, it's rewarding, especially when there's that great love story between Jim and Pam and then great love story between Michael and Holly. And yes, you share that laughter. And then also because the great thing about the American office is that they become like family. You become very familiar yep. with those characters. What great way to share a family with them with someone else. That's such a nice thing to think, oh, that's such a Kevin thing to say, isn't it? Oh, isn't that such a Creed thing to say? Yeah. So uh, I totally agree. I would be interested to know if Charlie thought season three was the best one for them. Yeah. But Charlie, um, let us know. you know, write a full message next time, Charlie. Come yeah, on. Jesus, come on. Um, and yeah, you, I've had that message. exact effect where I've laughed out loud more watching people show with talia than i have watching it that is alone. that's scientifically backed oh you, you laugh more when there's people around you yes oh yeah you don't even laugh yeah. as much on your own but yeah, yes yeah. great great so i wanted to talk to you about underrated movies mm. underrated slash overlooked okay because it's very easy to watch a film especially a film that's big up you know hyped up and everything and think well, it wasn't for me. I don't know why people are seeing that. If I asked you to name all the films that you've seen that you think are over, overhyped, overrated, yeah. we'd be here all day. Yeah. But underrated is like a particular thing where you know that critically or culturally, for whatever reason, a film is not given its fair dues and you think, I want to stand up for it. You know, mm. I, I, want to, I actually want to champion it. Or something's not talked about enough. Yeah, you think oh, that's overlooked. Yeah. So you think it's good and people who saw it liked it, but... That should be bigger than it is. Yeah. So it's kind of that underrated. And, and what are people missing in certain films? You know, when we were talking about Euphoria earlier, I mentioned about, uh, you know, Brad Status. That's an example of a fairly underrated film. But I think we should just talk about that. Like, yeah. what, what are there a couple of films that when you scroll past on the carousel, you go, you know what? That is actually not a bad film. People yeah. think it's rubbish, but it isn't actually that bad. Yeah. So I don't know. Do you have any in mind? I have a film that comes to mind, which I think is ever so slightly overlooked. And it's a film called 99 Homes with Andrew Garfield and Michael Shannon. Yes. Do you know, you know about this film? James, I watched it on your recommendation. Oh, yeah. That's how long and we've known I each other. I think it's really good. And it, it, this film tackles quite a complex thing, which, is, which was the housing crisis, the financial housing crisis, which caused a huge amount of collapse. And Well, specifically, it's about um, the housing in Florida. Yes. And re housing repossessions and the profit, how people were profiteering off of... Uh, profiting, sorry. But kind of racketeering off of housing repossessions in Florida post financial crash. And what I think this film is does quite well is it doesn't take a huge macro look at this. Mm. It goes straight into one very personal story, an mm. example of the kind of suffering that very normal people mm. would have faced. And it really clearly demonstrates what that would have looked like for what would have been hundreds of thousands of very normal normal Americans. Mm -hmm. If you don't know, like basic housing crisis stuff was that many, many people were sold loans that were in so many ways not prop, not a, some people weren't actually able to pay back. Mm -hmm. And there were these things called subprime loans. If you watch The Big Short, you know all about it. Yeah. And they all got some of these loans. Then all of a sudden it crashed and people's homes just got repossessed and it was really horrible. And you've got this guy uh, played by Andrew Garfield who's like sort of normal 
lower middle class guy who's who's just like what you would think of as an ordinary guy, and this this housing repurposer, Michael Shannon, oh, who's who's uh, again talk about underrated actor still. Yeah. Even though he's very famous and he's a famous face, I don't think he still gets no. um, enough recognition for his work. He comes in and he's part of this this group of people who are repurposing homes and actually making loads of money doing it. And the film kind of blows on for there, and it also stars Laura Dern, mm. and it, it's sort of this idea of you can get mad at you know people like Michael Shannon for profiteering off of it, or you can sort of think more about like the actual situation and how our system works and how it benefits those who are there to take advantage of it. Andrew Garfield, we know, is really, really good, and he yeah. does such a great job at delivering that performance and him together with Michael Shannon. Mm -hmm. And it's a really, really interesting film that I don't hear anyone talking about. Yeah. And I, when I have recommended it to people and they've seen it, I don't think many people have gone like, oh, that was a bit boring or it didn't go anywhere. And I, I just really recommend it to check it out. It's one of those carousel films you might see yeah. and not ever think about. Definitely go check it out. It's really good. It's, that, it's a complex issue told like very personally and that's why I like it. That is spot on. I'm so glad I asked. That is exactly the kind of answer <laughs> so glad I, was, I, I, I was expecting. Yeah, I, I, I agree. 99 Homes is not talked about enough. I was happy to see recently that it was on iPlayer and it had been on there for ages. Yeah. There's a really great dynamic between Shannon and Garfield in it. Yeah. And Andrew Garfield is like so grubby in it and sweaty and tan and greasy. He, he plays and like desperation really yeah. well, doesn't and he? And he's like, what? And Shannon is in this like clean white suit with mm. this e-cigarette and cold you know, and brutal. Yeah. And he, and I'm, I, don't, no, I'm, don't get emotional yeah, about yeah, real estate. Don't get personal about real estate. Yeah. And, and he's got... The thing is, even though you kind of hate him, he's not a, uh, no. a moustache-twirling villain. He's not evil. He's he not explains, an evil guy. He, there's a bit in it, I can't quite remember the dialogue, but he explains how it works. He's like, no, this is why I do this. Yeah. This works. You did this, did that. And you explain, you, you understand the mechanics and the logic of why he is that and why he's doing that. You and, understand the system. And part of this film is Andrew Garford in a way to help pay off the debt that he now owes. He starts working for Michael, Michael Shannon, Shannon and that's how he starts to realize the work that he does. And how, he's like, how he's first is things like, how can you live with yourself? And you know, yeah. you really get to grips with that dynamic. I think actually like a good double bill would be the big short and 99 Homes. Totally. Because you could learn all about like the macroeconomic stuff yeah. and how wonderfully that is able to communicate what went wrong and then you can get into like the the magnoscope personal story of what happened that's a great that's a really uh really good idea for a double bill uh, a couple of things just mm. i wasn't going to talk about this film but yeah. you've reminded me of it another quite underrated film as well that is related to the um financial crash is a film called killing them softly yes i've seen Pitt. killing them softly yeah. and it's quite a stylish quite a sick quite good film i think it's by a guy called andrew dominic he's quite a good director yeah and that is very much, he he plays a debt collector in that, Brad Pitt. Yes. And it's, I mean, quite overly um, flagged, but very much about the financial crash. You always have speeches by Obama and Bush in 2008 as the crisis was happening. There's yeah. lots of things in it about poverty and 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 money and who's owed money. And, and you've got this, you know, juxtaposition between like, capitalism on the on the news and then you know the mob and what brad pitt operates but he's you know he just wants his money mm. worth checking out as well the other thing about 99 homes i just want to say is mm. that there's a line in that which always makes me laugh and i always think about which is where they go to repossess a home it's just showing michael shannon on the job right and some guy knows his house is getting repossessed so he um like messes up the sanitation systems and the whole house floods yes. with, with human shit yeah. <laughs> there's, no, there's no other way of saying it right yeah. and there's a bit where michael shannon's on the phone trying to get a guy from town to come down here and, and, and clean it and, you know like oh um, uh he's trying to get the police thing to arrest him and he's like what are you talking about you can't arrest him he's he's flooded the house full of hazardous material and he's like he's like what do you mean shit isn't hazardous material why don't you come down here and eat some <laughs> yeah. 
Um, there's, another, there's another thing where like uh, Andrew Garfield ends up being part of the the other repossession, so he yeah. gets himself on the other side, yeah. and he's so like destroyed guilty, by yeah. it. Yeah, guilty that is a funny scene. Great suggestion. Yeah, go I'm, on, George. Um, well, how do I how do I come back to that? So, okay, I, I'm gonna say a film. Yeah, which uh, I think. Look, it's it's rated. Okay, it's yeah. got a. I read the thing we we said the other day. I was like, so, "What are we saying by so, rated?" So, Ninety Nine Homes is rated. You look it up online; it'll have a really good score across the board. But it's just underseen, right? Mm. Uh, you know, overlooked, I, underseen. I was thinking underrated. of a couple of films I wanted to do, and I was like, "Hmm, it was nominated for an Academy Award." <laughs> yeah. I don't think I could actually say this is okay. an underrated film. So, this film has got eighty-two percent on Tomatoes and seven point one on IMDb. It's perfectly solid. Do that what you will. But when you look at this film at the poster. And you the and if you know the director, the kind of films the director made, mm-hmm. you think. And if you see the trailer, you think that looks big budget, boring, overly American, overly dramatic, sensationalist rubbish. Okay. And that is a film called Deepwater Horizon. Oh my god! Yeah. yeah. Right. Yes. Yes. Right. Deepwater Horizon. I saw that in cinema. Right. Okay. So it's, hey, a, man, it's just you and me. We got a yeah. job. Right. Mark Wahlberg um, in this fictionalized, dramatized. Uh, retelling of John the... Malkovich. Yes, I'm going to get there, <laughs> Sorry, James. Don't yeah, worry. It's, all, it's all coming so back to me. It's, that's why. Uh, based on the BP oil spill in the Gulf of Mexico yep. in 2010. It's got Mark, Marky Mark, Mark Wahlberg yep. uh, as an oil worker, Kurt Russell as an oil worker, John Malkovich doing, admittedly, a very strange accent, a very villainous uh, accent, yeah. as like a Cajun Corporate overlord. Cajun overlord. If it's not at 2%, it's like that kind of thing. Really. Yeah. Um, you've got Kate Hudson at home as the worried wife. Um, worried wife is yeah. such a part, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> it's such like, yeah. you just know what you're doing. Picking up the phone. <laughs> yeah, the same way. Have you ever seen Everest? Uh, yes. Like Kieran yeah, Knightley. Kieran Knightley yeah. Anyway, Deepwater Horizon. Um, you, the reason it's an underrated film. Yeah, I'm interested. It's, so could I say it's also directed by P- Peter Berg, who has made he such... Did, he did three very similar films, didn't he? Well, he's done lots of Mark um, film to Mark Wahlberg, <laughs> which include Lone Survivor, not yeah, seen. not seen. Uh, Patriot's Day, not seen. Not seen but, but on the basis the of Deepwater Horizon, I would watch. That's the one about yeah. the Boston Marathon. Mile 22, never heard of. I think they went straight to streaming. What was Mile 22? And Spencer Confidential. Not like, I'm terribly unhappy, Spencer. <laughs> you know, um... <laughs> Uh, Kristen Stewart, Kristen Stewart. It's um, it's the one that just went straight on Netflix. Got yellow writing. Yeah. Completely forgettable thrillers. So basically, completely forgettable Mark Wahlberg thrillers, and also <laughs> Battleship. Oh my god, yeah. that film and Hancock. Right. Han- okay. So it's not looking good. But Deepwater Horizon is really good film and is really underrated and really overlooked because it actually takes a good half of the film to establish and build up the workings and mechanics. Yeah of this oil rig and build up the tension so that when it when the explosion happens the pipes you get yes. just so many shots of these yes, these pipes it. under stress yeah. when 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 the explosion happens you are fully invested in the drama and you are aware of the almost the spatial environment of yeah. the oil rig and the relationship between the different um uh, people on the on, on the oil rig and you're more invested then. And I wasn't expecting that. You were expecting almost to cut to the chase straight away. There are, as you said, these really clever shots about um, uh, people's relationship with pressure and also technology. So there's a fun bit at the beginning where Mark Wahlberg has explained to his daughter how his job works because she's going to like, you know, yeah. tell you tell the class what your dad does for it. And she has this thing with a Coke bottle and he does this thing and the experiment goes wrong and it explodes the soda 
you know, in American terms, everywhere. And it's and it's that lingering shot, and you're like, okay, that's a nice bit of foreboding. Yeah. But there's also lots of nice shots of um, a bit where they fill up a helicopter because they all get helicopters over to the oil rig. There's a shot of uh, a lingering shot as they they put the the fuel in, and it's both saying like, this is our relationship with with oil but also our relationship with machinery and how it's you know under under mm. stress um and there's a bit as well where gina oh i think it's gina Rod- yes it's gina rodriguez yes. um uh she's like a, a, a motorcycle fan and she does something she bl- blows out the motor or something and it's like smoking and it's again like this oh things can go wrong things are d- dangerous yeah here. and it and it's just subtly and slowly building the tension like the the oil tension within the rig itself and and then it goes off and it and so I was like the first half is actually quite interesting about the work yeah, and the inner workings of the um, corporate and grunt for want of a better word relationship and also the uh, you know the overlord of BP in this whole thing and then the second half is just a really thrilling like action um, survival movie moment disaster disaster movie uh, spectacle you'll catch yourself like surprised by how much I think you'll enjoy engaged. it and yeah. engage <laughs> another Mark Wahlberg film I remember caught me by surprise is a film called Contraband which I don't think is a good film Ooh, no. but I remember watching it <laughs> I was in South Africa you know you know like when you're in a hotel and the TV has got like a load of channels yes. not, not very yes. few of them are in English yes. or something and every so often you get to like the like star movies yeah, yeah, channel yeah, yeah. and I remember like Contraband was on and it started we were like there's literally nothing else let's just leave it on in the background yeah. and it starts off like we were getting ready yeah. and then like slowly we just ended up sitting on the bed <laughs> fully sucked into Contraband and it's one of those movie channels where like there's an ad break every 22 minutes oh, God. so a two hour movie is taking three hours <laughs> to watch and it's one of those like the ad breaks so you go oh uh, <laughs> yeah. We were just so sucked into this movie. I'm not saying that's underrated. It's not very good. But right. it just reminded Mark Wahlberg. But I think Deep. Do you agree with Deep? Uh, yeah. I, I've not. Do you know, I've not thought about that film since I saw it in that era of like the film to Mark Wahlberg <laughs> trilogy. Yeah. But like, yeah. I would. I if someone said we're rewatching that tonight, I'd be like, oh yeah, it's good. Yeah. You should. Yeah. I've only just thought of it now since you mentioned it, and I'm happy to say it's underrated. Thank you. Do you have another one? Yeah, I've got another one. I want to give a special shout out to a film I already talked about last week, which is Shame. When we talked about good endings, I talked about why I think the ending of Shame is really good. This is the Steve McQueen film. I'm not going to go into it again, but it is on my list of films, which is underrated and overlooked. Really? I think it's rated. Overlooked? Forgotten? Overlooked. I'd say it's overlooked. It's overlooked. Underseen, perhaps. Okay, I'm not going to do this one yet. A film I think is underrated is Good Time. Have you seen Good Time? I love it. The Safety film. The Benny, Safety yeah, Brothers film. Josh and Benny Safety yeah. film. This is the film they did before Uncut Gems. And yeah. I think it has Robert Pattinson's best performance yeah. by far. It's easily one of his most transformative. He is not at all the person you've ever seen him seen him before. And if you've seen a Safety Brothers film before, you know that it is like a 90-minute heart attack. It yes. is truly just a tension-fueled roller coaster ride. They somehow get away with having the pace shoot up in the beginning yeah. and they have a way to, to hold Sustain. it pretty much and and sustain it and and not feel you are exhausted by the end of it Mm. but um the way the way that film starts and you you basically encounter these two characters on the street and it's like you just were stopped by people in the street and now you're following them Mm. in this in this exhausting exhausting day 
Um, and it, it is so intoxicating. And there's an amazing uh, moment where it all sort of com comes to an end, and you get this lovely score from uh, with the voiceover from Iggy Pop yeah, Iggy and Pop. the, the yeah. pure and the damned. Yeah. Um, and I don't think enough people talk about this film. Um, I know it's often on on a few lists of films which I think people have missed. Um, because I know Uncut Gems got so much hype because it came straight to Netflix and yes. it had a much, much bigger star, yeah. a bigger star, or even like a more sort of unorthodox star yes. without without Adam Sandler. And Uncut Gems, I also really like. But I, I always say to people, if you liked that film, please go back and watch Good Time. So your point about Good Time is not that it's because I think that was rated well when it came yes, out. Sure. It's just underseen. Underseen. I think criminally underseen. I don't think. I think so many people talk about Uncut Gems. I, I'm always like, but what about Good Time? I think there are people who loved who have seen uncut gems casual film viewers who have seen uncut gems on netflix liked it yeah. and aren't aware that good time it's like is a, by the same filmmakers equally as good and actually um if you like it there's more there's more of it yes it's like just it's like you could you could just go can stop uncut mm. gems and go straight into good time and you mm. can continue the roller coaster ride i love good time as well yeah i i love the propulsion and the way it sustains that mm. uh, that um energy i i always have these moments with films uh with film watching where you get kind of lull periods you get a bit of a dry period and I, sometimes i just want a film to come out and just grab me yes just, just grab me and slap it, you around the face and, and say pay attention yeah it's, it's exactly what i had when i went to the cinema and i saw parasite right anyway and i put good time on mm. and this film was like listen up yeah we're going and it's wonderful and it's fantastic yeah. do you know what um i laugh though because i saw good time mm. thought it was great two years later Uncut Gems is coming mm -hmm. out, and I think I should rewatch that mm. ahead of time. And good my, time, yeah, yeah. And I, my, my girlfriend was round, and in hindsight, probably not her kind of film—a highly stressful, highly shouty, highly violent film yeah. about men being awful, yeah. and, which has a, about zero female <laughs> characters. I mean, it has like two, yeah. but anyway. Um, but the way I sold it to her, I was like, "Well, it's about," and this is in the film. This is the story of the film. I said, "It's about a brother." who um, wants to look after his um, disabled brother um, and stop him from being taken away into care. And he sort of like takes him under his wing and like looks after him. And my girlfriend was like, oh, it's like Rain Man. And I was like, yeah, sure. Yeah, it's a exactly really nice like film where he looks after his brother. And that is the film for about five minutes. And then yeah. it just takes off. There's a the, an actor in Good Time called Buddy Duress, who is very... Uh, He's like region. He's very much from. What is the area that in Good Time? Is it is it the Bronx? Is it Queens? Is it Tribeca? I think. No, that's too posh. Like, it's it's a particular. I'm, not sure now. Uh, I'm all, sorry. In my ignorance, I don't know the re the specific region again. Uh, it, it escapes me of of where Good Time is set. But Buddy Duress is an actor from that area, and and he's the guy halfway through who's all, "Hey, what the fuck, man?" Yeah, yeah. He's great. He's also in the Safdie brothers' previous film called Heaven Knows. Have you seen that? Right. That's even more. That that's even more relentless and depressing. Could you believe it? It's about a, right. It's just about an endless cycle of heroin addiction. It's yeah, great. It's a laugh riot. Um. Anyway, but what the, I was saying about Good Time is that with Buddy Duress and is an example of how regionally specific they make that film. They even use like local news anchors in the news footage as well, just to really create that sense that you're in the specific part yeah. of New York and it's seedy and it's grubby. Um, and another point, can I just say yeah, about yeah. Robert Pattinson in it, who is, as you say, a great performance. The thing is he's like a cockroach in it. He will do anything to survive. Yeah. And to see his mind working, films are always really interesting when they're Impulsive. about- yeah. Films are always really interesting when they're about intelligent characters, yeah. whether or not you like them or not, because you like to see someone come up with something that you haven't thought of. Yeah. 
Robert Pattinson in Good Time is always thinking ahead and he's coming up with great solutions and ideas ahead of you, but he's also despicable and like a cockroach. And like in the hospital, when he's trying yeah. to visit uh, his brother, it, his mind is working overtime. He looks at the cops coming in. And, it, and even though he's it, so despicable, you're kind of rooting for but him that's in some it. sick you're, way. You're naturally compelled because he is working his mind in that way. The coolest thing about Robert Pattinson and Good Time is the story of how they got together where Robert Pattinson saw their film at a film festival, immediately contacted Josh and Benny Safdie and said, whatever project you're doing that you're doing next, I want to be a part of it. Wow. Don't worry about like budget yeah. or like what you need. Like I just want to work with you. Huh. He's probably got more money than, than he ever needs. And they said to him, I've known because I've, I've watched this interview. They said, are you serious? Because if you mean this, we'll have a script to you in two weeks. Wow. And that script was good time. Fantastic. And they were like, because you know how people I bet probably say yeah, so yeah. many things. Yeah, oh, such I'd love thing. to work yeah. with you. We must do something. He like really sincerely came up yeah. to them and they really sincerely were like, don't, don't joke. Because yeah. if you mean that, that funds our film. Like yeah. we will have a script and, and that's what happened. And Well, did you know that so there were a lot of elements of good time that were meant to be uncut gems because they wrote uncut gems before. That makes sense. They've been writing it for ages and the whole subplot with the brother was meant to be sort of in uncut gems as the right. son. Um, but it just got kind of moved around. I agree. It, I mean, it's rated, but it's underseen and overlooked. Good time, really good shout. Get a blanket and watch it. <laughs> I want to talk about a film that I think is really underrated. Mm -hmm. And I'm not the first person to say this. This is, you know, it's, it's not a hot take. People have been saying this for actually quite a few years, which I think was why I actually decided to go and watch this film. So I'm just going to build this up. This film came out in 2009, and I remember okay. seeing the posters for it and thinking, well, that looks rubbish. Saw the trailer, thought, that looks rubbish. I didn't know anyone who saw it. I don't think, or if I did, people were like, oh, that was really rubbish. It was really weird. Avatar. <laughs> no. And that is a film called Jennifer's Body. Oh, God, yeah. A, Megan Fox. Megan Fox. I remember why I wanted to see that have film. Have you seen it? I have seen Jennifer's Body, yeah. Okay, so, but when did you see it? In cinema. Whoa, okay. And so it you, was a 15? Yeah, okay. <laughs> so you went to see that film in 2009 because it had Megan Fox plastered right yep. for it and you, could, and you had about one brain cell, right? Yep. And all the blood yep. had rushed somewhere else to your body. Yep. And you were only thinking about that. And I bet you were and like- she was very- that, And the marketing really yes. do, yeah. And I bet you were thinking, that wasn't quite the film I thought it would I be. I thought it was an asshole. It was all right. Right. So Jennifer's Body- I'm sorry, I've not seen it since. Okay, so I've watched it as a living, breathing adult. <laughs> I watched it last year for the <laughs> first time. Okay? Because I'd, I'd written it off for years. Jennifer's body is looks on the surface like a generic schlocker, and that is how it was marketed, it and that's really how was. it was posted. Like it's like Megan Fox on the poster looks like she's been possessed, and something bad happens, and people get killed. End of story. What you actually get is a much more subversive, much wittier, funnier film about um, being a teenager, about hormones, about attraction, about desire, about how men fear women and about female friendships. Mm. So the basic story is Megan Fox plays this character called Jennifer and she's got this sort of dorky friend. She's like cheerleader, popular, yes. super and, beautiful. Um, she's got this dorky friend in Amanda Seyfried who I think is just about pushing it, playing a high schooler in 2009, considering she was in Mean Girls in 2004. Yeah. Bit of a stretch, yeah, anyway. Stretch. And then something happens. She gets kidnapped by uh, like a rock band. This this whole thing is nuts. The whole film is crazy. With Adam Brody from yes. the OC yes. playing. Yeah, I like Adam Brody, an Me underrated too. actor. An underrated actor. Yeah. Where did he go? Sorry. Anyway, he he he. They go off, and she sort of gets involved in something bad, which you don't know about until the end. Oh, I don't right? remember. Then she comes all. back, and she's like alive, but she's sort of dead, and she's yeah. sort of possessed by a demon. Okay, and 
and at school, this like triggers like a complete character change. She's like thirsting for blood. There's a very famous gif where she like lights a, a, a lighter under her, her tongue. tongue and it's completely mad. But she's like killing guys. She's like trying to like lure so, guys yeah, in. Yeah, she like sleeps with men yeah. and then she, but, like, then she kills them afterwards. And worth it. <laughs> James. <laughs> and um, you know what the film is? It's really, really camp. But in, in, in a really fun way. I mean, yeah. like camp, obviously everything's dialed up to 11. It's hard to explain and capture that in summary without seeing itself. Because when I was watching, I was thinking, I've never seen anything like this. This is a who. This film is a who. People have completely misjudged this. There's like a bit where um, Jennifer gets stabbed. And it's not a spoiler because like the whole point is that she's like possessed and undead in it. And she's like, oh, do you have a tampon? And yeah. it's just small witty things like that. Diablo Cody, I think, wrote Juno as well. And she'd done right. things like... Young adult, she she's got really good, witty, uh, female character led stories, and that comes through in Jennifer's body. So it's funny, it's witty, and also it works as a perfect time capsule of two thousand and nine. Yeah, I was watching it. There's an emo kid in it who was like, it's like Emos. they they like dialed him up to eleven. They're like, we oh, need you to be more emo. He's I got remember. he's got the, the slick black hair. He's got the caftan kind of dyed. Yeah, he's got the piercings. He's got the bracelets. He's got the eyeshadow. Yeah. There's a bit where they're by the lockers, and uh, Jennifer says, "You want to come see this band tonight?" I heard they're great on MySpace. Like, <laughs> <laughs> which even even by 2009 oh was late. Not MySpace. only have we gone full circle, we've gone round and yeah, round yeah. again. Yeah. <laughs> um, and good God. And there's some great, just great moments, and it, and it's really funny. I would talk about it more. I think I'm 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 stretching at my memory to remember the exact moments in it. But Jennifer's body is a yeah. hoot. It's not a generic schlocker. Watch it. It's funny. It's silly. And J.K. J.K. Simmons is in it, and he plays a teacher who has a hook for a hand, and it's never explained. That's what it's just. That's how zany it is. And I was like, I miss films that were just like this just bold, weird. just bold and weird. And I think everyone said it was a bit of a tragedy that film got completely mismarketed, misunderstood, mm. and then got done. It's taken ten years for people to go, oh, that film's not bad actually. Yeah, that film's quite funny. I give it ten years. It'll be in a Criterion collection. I wonder if how it's like, how was it received at the time? Um, badly, like badly, said, like, like yeah, people pan. people wrote it off. They thought it was a a bad. Sh schlocker they yeah. thought they thought it looked like a generic thriller and schlock and you know teenage kind of uh thriller and everyone said it was just a bad version of that without understanding it was both a kind of a commentary on that and much much smarter much smarter than it looks it's interesting because your two or your, the two you've mentioned have, like are both films that i've not thought about since i saw them but like have just disappeared from my yeah. frontal lobes as films that are in my conscious but yeah like the why not? Yeah. Why not? And I you believe you. And I believe you. And you mentioned body. star movies. That's where I saw it on Disney Plus. I was yeah. like, Jennifer's body. I'll give that a go. And I think it's like really short as well. Great. Okay. Just a quick one of a film which I think is underrated or even overlooked or not talked about anymore. This is a film I think is really quite good and it's Stardust. I haven't seen it. The oh my God. Matthew Vaughan film. Matthew Vaughan, yeah. Sienna Miller, Michelle Pfeiffer, Robert De Niro. I'm forgetting. Um, Ricky Gervais. Ricky Gervais. And the main character is the guy, Charlie Cox, who played Daredevil. Charlie Cox. Who's uh, Mark Strong? Oh, Mark Strong. Um, yes. Phil, Phil, this film has so much charm and fun in it. Yeah. It is like, it, it, it's, it's a fairy tale turned mm. up to 1,000. Right. It's really English because mm. you've got this like very English um, protagonist who feels very like normal to us. And it just, it, it feels 
like it has a world that goes as deep as like a Tolkien Harry Potter. Mm. It obviously doesn't. It mm. obviously doesn't. But the way in which it talks about like the town that it's set and yes. the mystery of the wall and the witches and, and the, Michelle Pfeiffer has so much fun playing like the arch witch who obviously mm. wants to eat the heart of a star to, to be young. Of course. And it's really good. It's super engaging. Mm. It's super fun. I think if you don't, if you watch that film and you don't smile at several points in that film, you've got no heart. Mm. And I ju- it just, just a quick one to say, me and Talia both love Stardust. I've, I've only probably seen it two or three times, but it's one of those ones you could put on with the family mm. and everyone will enjoy it. Right, I need Full to watch it. I need to watch it. I haven't seen it. It's so charming. Huh. It's so, so charming. It's really funny. Mm. There's like, it, there's all these uh, princes who want to be king and they're all trying to kill each other and double cross each other. And every time one of them dies, they all hang out as ghosts and watch the rest of the <laughs> brothers try to like, and when, when one of them is about to be killed by the other, they're all like pointing to try and get his attention. I promise you it's a good film. Michelle Pfeiffer is brilliant in it. Okay. Give, give it a go. That's a Stardust. Good and no one talks about it. That might have come out 2000 nine or eight really long time ago 2007 2007 yep i remember because people shared videos of it on their bebo page yeah oh wow god yeah Mm. stardust oh just sorry one more one more which is just very passing i also think the village is underrated but we have talked about this in another episode the village is really good it's getting this like you know this new sense of appreciation in modern times now that it's not buried under the weight of its reveal village is really good that's on star movies and i haven't seen it since it came out so i'm gonna rewatch <laughs> yes. that as well and uh, we talked about that in our good uh was it good endings when no, did we, talk we about talked village? about the village when we talked about bruce willis retiring because we talked yes. about Shyamalan. and i Shyamalan. so episode i want to say 18 <laughs> just look at we page. might rewatch that and yes. do a, do a re- revisit quick one mm. so you know recently i mentioned about rom-coms yes and you know i said oh they just didn't you know there's something about them that's just quintessentially you know uh, watchable if not enjoyable but mm. and obviously it's not going to win over any new fans and i'm probably going to drive people crazy with this film but there is a delightful little rom-com that i think people overlook and think is it's <laughs> much, much better than people think <laughs> this overlooked film which i think is really great is man up with man up simon with- pegg and lake bell set predominantly around waterloo station i've not seen this do you remember being advertised yes i think so so Lake Bell, who's American, by the way, and pulls off an English accent completely successfully. Really? Apologies to Moon Knight watchers. Okay. <laughs> same, yeah. same can't be said <laughs> yeah. there. Was that intentional, though? Sorry. Yeah. Well, yeah what? I think so. Yeah. What? Is that an intentional bad British accent from Oscar Isaac? No. <laughs> I, I think, think, he, I think he was Charlie trying. He's across as like a buffoon. Anyway, right. man up, right? <laughs> so Lake Bell plays this woman called, I think she's called Nancy, and she does a really good convincing um, British accent. Na- uh, Lake Bell already is a really good, uh, underrated, underrated comedic actress. Okay, she, Have she, you seen Over Her Dead Body? Is she in that? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, with, um, what's the name of Eva Longoria. Right. Yeah. Okay, but Sorry. Lake Bell like turns up in like, sitcom episodes here and there and then occasionally she, she does like straight drama stuff she was in that really random film with owen wilson where he gets stuck in thailand and there's a coup like no escape or something yeah, like that anyway yeah. <laughs> but she she's a really good comic actress and she made this film called inner world which is about the um very niche industry of voiceover artists in la competing for the next big gig on all the like the movie trailers right and she plays like one of the only female voiceover artists and that's great. It's a really wonderful, charming film. Yeah. So she plays uh, this woman called Nancy who um, basically intercepts, accidentally takes another woman's place on a blind date. And Simon Pegg turns up who thinks it's this other woman and 
Lake Bell just plays along. And they have this kind of blind date, first date, where Lake Bell is pretending to be someone else. And it's all set around the South Bank and London. And it's all very sweet and charming. But the reason I think it's underrated mm. is that the chemistry between them is so great. Simon mm. Pegg, we know, can do comedy. We know he can do stuff well. And in this uses his strengths to, to the best. Yeah. To the best. Can't talk today. To the best. And um, it's also pacey enough to you know, barrel along and not feel too baggy. Yeah. It's just charming. It's lovely. It's funny. It's sweet. It's great. I would, I, I, every time I see that now on a carousel, I go, oh, man up. Yeah, that was nice, that. Yeah. That was nice. I enjoyed that. Rory Kinnear turns up at one point. Does a really good thing. Nice. A bit silly, but, you know, it's great. Um, yeah, it's it's decent. It's actually, man up. it's a serviceable rom-com. So it's not going to win over any new people. It's better than that one I mentioned with Charlie Day a few weeks ago. Like, yeah. man up is genuinely serviceable and sweet and nice and also like i don't see like the south bank shot much in london and like water in no. films in like and waterloo station there's just something about it that shot a lot really about like around south bank in that film about time with donald gleason yes they shot a lot of that. yes yeah. they which did. a lot a lot of people love about time yes Are i you an about time fan i am an about time fan in the full knowledge that it is not greatly written um yeah. inconsistent messy um, really poorly written it's female characters. Exactly, yeah. Um, illogical motivations. But cute and charming. But just cute and charming and a really heartfelt kind of ending. Uh, yeah. I saw that film in the cinema. I'm a sucker for anything to do with time travel. So I was already yes. in. I love things that take time travel in a different way. Yeah. So great. You just close your oh, eyes. You just sort of do it. Yeah. Do it. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, is that Bill Nighy? Yeah. yeah, and I, I, I do, I do make an exception for about time, but I fully accept why people don't. So I'm an about time apologist. But man up, watch that. Underrated. Oh well. One film I think is underrated mm. is 127 Hours, Danny Boyle film starring James Franco. I'll give you one further. I yeah. think most Danny Boyle films are underrated, Boom. with the exception of. Trainspotting, Train, Trainspotting which is, is very rated, re- very rated, yeah, and rightly uh, so. Something millionaire got something millionaire Awards. rated, yeah, yep. super rated. rated. But I think films like 127 Hours, yeah. Steve Jobs, Steve Jobs, is, oh is, my god, Steve Jobs, Steve Jobs, oh my god, Larry. oh my god, that's like the quintessential I, underrated you know what? film. I'm gonna put that on my list of films I want to rewatch because yeah. I go on about it a bit too much, yes. and yeah. I want to. I'm not remembering the scenes I know I love well enough. And yeah. I want, sorry, I know we're going to be talking no, about no, 127 no. hours. Steve Jobs, we've talked about, I think we mentioned yes. it two or three times on the yeah. show when talking about social network. Steve Jobs is really good. I can't believe people, I've only, I don't know why people didn't like I him. can't believe I've only seen Steve Jobs once, actually. Yeah. In, in the cinema. Sorry. Yes, 127 hours. 127 yes. hours. Uh, Aaron Ralston gets his arm trapped it, in the canyon. This is the story of the guy who Aaron was Ralston. like an experienced uh, hiker in uh, Grand Canyon National Park who goes out alone forgets to tell anyone where he's going. Not just forgets, but out of arrogance. Out of arrogance. He's a bit careless. A bit careless. He doesn't find his proper multi-tool with knife. He has his blunt one. Doesn't really fill up his water to the top. There's all of these things that they shouldn't be getting. And he gets stuck on this almost like weirdly spherical boulder that falls down this crevasse of mini canyon. And his arm is stuck there. And he is stuck there for 157 hours. And um, the film is mostly taking place there, but it's intercut with all these different, you know, memories and, and it gets very deep about the existential reasons about this this stone mm. that has now trapped him. It's been traveling through space and mm. hundreds of thousands of miles and lodged between these two canyons. The poster is quite good because it's these two 
rocks and this this mm. big boulder that he's jumping across and it's this really randomly placed boulder that sits in between these two these two canyons and just the thing on the poster design actually for 127 hours it actually looks like an hourglass of time yes. isn't it oh. with, with him in the middle yes and the reason why i think this film is better than what it is is because you know i just said about the things about him the way in which he remembers how many drops of water he puts in his bottle. Mm. And in the beginning, it shows you like how, how he rushed out. But the way in which it tells you a very brief but effective story of this person's life in a mm. sort of un-American, dramatized, it's not too emotional way, mm. and the kind of hallucinations he has, and the little moments where he starts to lose his mind and think about these interactions he had and how it led him to this very point at this very time. Mm. And I think it's really engaging. I think it's one of James Franco's best roles, mm -hmm. probably just shy of uh, Spring Breakers, which I think is really quite transformative. Disaster Artist? Disaster Artist he's really good in. Um, and yeah, I, do, I don't hear many people talking about it. It's very Danny Boyle. Yes. It's You'll see so many of his other films, especially like, you know, Slumdog Millionaire and Trainspotting. You'll see so many bits of that. I ended up reading reading that book, hmm. which wasn't as interesting. It was a lot of hiking. Yeah. <laughs> a lot yeah. of hiking stories. I, I, I agree. I think 127 Hours is as good as you say. Yeah. And it has that kind of, pop video aesthetic of Danny Boyle where he like intercuts like when just to show his thirst he thinks of like Budweiser adverts yes and things like that just to say 127 Hours was nominated for an Oscar so, <laughs> so, so, so it rated. was it was rated it was but, rated but I do agree that people don't talk about that film anymore and no. the whole reason is why people go oh is that the film with the guy with the arm yeah I don't know watch that it's like that film Buried with Ryan Reynolds right it, yeah it gets put into that category. squeamish it's yes. the squeamish. There's, people, there's, there's just B a barrier movie. for a lot of people that people think, no. So, and obviously there's the whole sequence where he inevitably has to cut off his arm to yeah. get himself free, which is pretty pretty well done, but also Ish. kind of horrifying. And yeah, um, go check it out. I've got one for you as well. Mm -hmm. Again, this film, it's hard to say it's underrated because it was Oscar nominated, not for best picture, but um, for best actress. Yeah. This film came out a couple of years ago and I did mention it when we talked about Spencer because this is a film called Jackie about yeah. Jackie Kennedy with mm. Natalie Portman playing her all set in the week. Also nominated for Oscars. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yes, like okay, I said, okay, I know, okay, yeah. nominated for an Oscar, but like, no, I, agree with you. I think it's kind of like, look, you know, passed over because people think it looks like a classic biopic, but it's actually much more interesting than that in the same yeah. way Spencer is. Same in my opinion, I know a lot of people who really don't like Spencer. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> what I like about Jackie, so it's about, Jackie Kennedy and it's about JFK's assassination but completely from her point of view in the weeks sort of surrounding that event before, after, during and uh, her role within it how she's sort of um, helpless but also manufacturing her own legacy in real time and it's made by Pablo Loren who yeah. shoots it all in this beautiful shimmering 60s film stock and he loves shooting on like slightly yeah. overexposed, grainy film. Yeah, exactly. You can see like the dust on yeah, the, 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 yeah. the noise. I mean, look, I, I talked about it a bit when we talked about Spencer. You can go mm. check out Spencer review. Yeah, check out Spencer review. But he makes it a ghost tale. He makes it a ghost story about um, this woman who's lost her husband and, and, and is, is haunted by the specter of her husband and the trauma she suffered. And it actually shows the assassination, uh, reconstructs rather the assassination of JFK in really graphic detail to yeah. really hammer home to you like how traumatic this event would have been yeah uh, and they use an actor to play jfk who is so like him you know to look at um they use this score it's not it's johnny greenwood in spencer but it's i think it's mika levy in uh uh jackie who did under the skin uh the scarlett hansen film and she creates these soundscapes that are really haunting and instantly make you think this is a uh, a fairy tale, a fable, a woman left alone in a castle going mad. Yeah. It's 
a really interesting film. I think it has one of John Hurt's last performances in it. Check it out. Natalie Portman's so good. She's great in it. She's just great. Um, I'd, I'd give a shout out for that one. Also, can I just say, Under the Skin with Scarlett Hansen, that's also an underrated I need to film. Watch that. But that's for another time. Well, there you go. Um, I reckon there are so many we've not even thought of. Please, I would love to hear underrated films because I think I want to watch them. Let us know. Hello at Pop Kitchen Podcast. Send us an email and let us know. I'd love to just like rack off a load. Yeah, I want to know what. Hear. I want to know all the good films out there that I've missed, that I've overlooked. I yeah. want. I want to check those out. So yeah, let us know. Um, and yeah, that's it. Thank you for listening to this episode of Pop Kitchen. We post a new episode of this show every single Wednesday. Yep. We do a numbered episode every Wednesday. That's You'll right. know that if you follow us on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, we post loads more content throughout the week. Yep. We do reviews. We sometimes put our reviews separate to our episodes. Yeah, news, reviews, games. games. The whole shebang. Follow us um, on all of that. Yep. Um, please give this video a like if you're watching it. Please subscribe on YouTube. Please leave us a comment. Let us know what you thought. It really makes a difference. If you're on Spotify, go to that little star rating and rate us. Thank you. Um, That's it. Thanks very much. Thank See you, you so next much. week. See you next week.